Welcome to Indecent Tea Time. The dish on all your naughty reads. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jessie. And we're going to talk about so much smut. This podcast contains mature content. Please read all trigger warnings before reading any book. This podcast also contains serious spoilers for all books, so don't be mad at us for sharing the best parts. The content of this podcast is intended for adults. Safety, respect, and consent are of the utmost importance in any sexual situation. And while we're discussing many topics, we always advise our listeners to be safe, communicate, and respect others. If you're down for the ride, let's get into that tea. Welcome to Indecent Tea Time. The dish on all your naughty reads. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jessie. And we're going to talk about so much smut. This podcast contains mature content. Please read all trigger warnings before reading any book. This podcast also contains serious spoilers for all books, so don't be mad at us for sharing the best parts. The content of this podcast is intended for adults. Safety, respect, and consent are of the utmost importance in any sexual situation. And while we're discussing many topics, we always advise our listeners to be safe, communicate, and respect others. If you're down for the ride, let's get into that tea. Oh my gosh. So my neighborhood has a social like group that plans social mm-hmm. events and things like that. So last night was a ladies party, like a ladies gathering but only for women. Yeah, how did that go? It was so good. It was really funny. My legs are so sore from the dance party that ensued there. Oh, gosh. But so she played games, right? And it was was really funny because Mm -hmm. the first game we played was like a game of telephone, but it was writing and drawing. It was like a Pictionary and telephone combination. Mm -hmm. So she gave the word, there was eight people on each team, eight women on each team. And she gave the word to the first person they had to draw it. And then the second person had to write down what they thought the drawing was of. And then the third person had to draw what was written, but you can't look at the prior pages, right? So that's how it's like the telephone concept. And the very first word was uh, doggy style. It was the funniest thing I have ever experienced. I was crying by the end of it. I was up singing last night with my friend Amber. We were doing karaoke and she left probably about midnight. And I was like, well, I'll just play some Harry Potter. And then I, it was two o'clock and I was like, I, I need to go to bed. It's, it, I can't conjure any more spells. I'm just going to need you to occupy all of these gentlemen from this book we're about to talk about today. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for coming back and joining us for another episode of Indecent Tea Time. We are on episode four. Today, we're going to be talking about A Lady of Rook's Grave Manor. I like this book, but I have a couple of things that irritated me, but I still read it. So, so it couldn't have been too bad if I finished it, right? That's true. It's um a book in a three book series. It's a tempting monster series, and they are all 
pretty much stand alone. Mm-hmm. I've read the second book in the series and you don't necessarily need to read the first one in order to enjoy the story. So that is really nice. But I'm excited to hear what you don't love about it because I loved this book. I enjoyed it so much and it was so fun. So my favorite trope, my favorite theme for smut books is reverse harem. So when you initially told me about this book, I'm all about it. Five guys, one girl. Yes, sign me up. And this book is like nonstop smut. Chapter after chapter, this girl is just fucking all these guys Initially, it was just one-on-one, and then it goes into multiple guys, which is so hot. I loved it. The parts where I started to get a little irritated is at the beginning, the author is so descriptive about the sex scenes, and then I felt like as they got towards the end of the book, the sex scenes weren't that descriptive, they weren't that long. So she starts us off, in my opinion, where you have these gosh, like whole chapters of very descriptive sex scenes. And then by the end, we're finally all three of those guys, all three, all five. <laughs> I mean, t- maybe four, technically, if you want to talk about semantics, but all all of her guys are finally fucking her. And sh- I feel like the author just kind of skips through it. She talks about maybe a couple sexy things and then she it, it goes to fade to black. And I was upset by that because she, I had an expectation, Kristen, of all this fucking, then it goes to fade to black. So I was, I was a little frustrated by that. That was the only thing I have to say that I did not like about this book. I don't know. I didn't feel that way. But I think once you start getting that many people fucking, there are like a couple 20 to 30 page sex scenes at the end but it does get very tedious to write in that much detail about all five of them in the one scene so I kind of get that but I really enjoyed it I'm just going to give a quick recap of what the book is about so it's a human girl in a world where there's monsters all kinds of different monsters so We'll go through them because every one of her gentlemen are a different monster. And she ends up working at this manor, which is essentially a brothel. And these men pay to have a membership there and they get to come and see their girl. They're all assigned a girl and they're all human girls for the most part because that's monsters like to fuck humans, I guess, in this book at least. So this girl ends up at the manor with five guys, which we're going to talk through because I want to talk through each of them. And she is basically like the most horny woman on the face of the planet. She freaking loves having sex. And the way she enjoys it is really enjoyable to read. I love that she's so dedicated to making all of her monsters very happy. And that's really sweet, I think. And in a weird way, it's really adorable. And I love how she's not ashamed of herself for being so sexual for being for wanting sex so much yeah i love i love that about her i love how she just gives no fucks about how sexual of a person she is and how and that's just who she is and she's gotten so much shit for it in the past and that's why she initially so this book is based in what victorian era yeah and she's gotten so much shit from it that she is forced into a life of servitude as a a cleaning like a, a serving lady like she cleans houses and she serves and servant, uh, yeah. she's yeah she's a servant and 
one of her gentlemen first discovers her is because her gentleman is a doctor and he loves experiments that are in behalf of his female patrons. (laughs) I love how he invents a vibrator. I love that. Let's talk about the toys that he invents when we go through our... Yes, when we get to him. But that's the first scene of how she is introduced into this livelihood. And I, I really respect how the author doesn't call them whores. They're not prostitutes, right? Because they're not being, they're being paid for their time. But the gentlemen care for these women so much more than just paying for sex. It's not, that's not the relationship that these guys have with these women. Yeah, they have like assigned women that they build a rapport with. And they wait for a really long time in order to get one of these women. Because there's a matchmaker, the madame of the house is a matchmaker and she puts a lot of time and effort into making sure that it's the right couple, whether the girl has multiple men or just one man or depending on the needs of the monsters that they are servicing. So I love that she ends up with such a wide variety of monsters. I love her variety. Okay, so I think we should go through each of the guys and talk about their attributes and which attribute is like your favorite of them because they all have so many different components that make the sex with each of them so fun all right the first one we'll just go it doesn't it's not going to be an order of when they meet or anything like that but jesse mentioned the first one is dr jonathan underwood who love him is also mr tanner so it's like a jackal and hyde situation right he has the dueling personalities but he actually changes like his body changes just like jackal and hyde so he he looks human initially with dr underwood and then when he turns into mr tanner he's the hulk essentially that's how i read it did you read it like that's how i read it too that he's just this crazy dude of all these muscles and he's kind of like grotesque not i wouldn't say like ugly I wouldn't say ugly, but he's this huge muscly Hulk yeah. creature. Hulk being. Just muscles all over. Yes. With this ginormous penis. Yes, within a ginormous penis. <laughs> and so the first time they fuck, he starts fucking her as the doctor, the like the human kind of shaped doctor. And as he's inside of her he changes into mr tanner his penis enlarges inside of her and stretches her out that way that scene was super hot and it's so i was thinking about that like how would that feel to have something like just enlarge itself while you're being penetrated it was and he's also very brutish mr tanner the Hulk guy is very brutish. He's very dominant, yes. And you have to call him sir, right? Didn't she have to call him sir? Yes. <laughs> and thank you, sir. And I loved how in that scene, she was fucking him reverse cowgirl. And so, and they're fucking by firelight. And she sees his transformation. So uh, Jonathan, Dr. Underwood, is not a small man by any means, but comparative to Mr. Tanner. And so she's looking and she's seeing the shadows change on the walls. And so she sees him turn into this huge Hulk figure. Not only is she seeing that, but then she's feeling him inside of her, just stretch her. And she's describing how full she feels. She loves the fullness of him inside her. I loved that scene. I really like that 
Dr. Underwood is an inventor also. So you mentioned... He's an engineer. (laughs) Yeah, she creates a vibrator. My favorite. And I don't know, it makes me really nervous. Like, I don't think I could ever do it, but I'm sure people out there have done it. He invents a shocking device, a device that shocks you, right? Prongs. It's like a pronged device. And he... They go to a theater, which is a theater for monsters to watch people having sex with humans for the most part. There's some monster monster sex, but he ends up bringing her up on stage and using this electro shock prong tool on her. The description of how he like slowly moves this shocking thing closer and closer up her legs And is teasing her with it at the very end when he shocks her clit. I was like, holy fuck, that makes me real nervous. I loved that that description of that scene for the purpose of how the character or the how the author describes how honest it was where she was the the character was nervous. She goes, I I am not sure about this, but Mr. Tanner comes out and he goes, you're going to be a good girl, aren't you? And she, yes, sir. I'll be a good girl. And I was like, oh, God. I don't, And I agree with you. I don't know if I could do that. But I think the way that he builds it up and how he prepares her for the pain and the pleasure aspect. And so when she, he does finally shock her clit and she just explodes and climax on stage was so, so steamy to read. Right. And, and then I loved how Mr. Tanner just takes her. It was like anxiety causing to read it because yes. you're like oh my god this bitch is gonna get her clit shocked and <laughs> i don't know how to handle it it was really good she ends up fucking him on stage and all of the monsters love it because the whole point is that they like want to be loved by a human in their monster form and then she does that on stage in a very genuine way and so all of the monsters not only is she just being so fucking sexy on stage getting railed by this huge hulk but she accepts accepts Mr. Tanner and says, that's right, you're my monster. I, all the monsters are feeling, one, the heat from her getting fucked on stage. And she's relishing in the fact that she's being watched. But then, two, that she's so accepting of this grotesque man. I love how sweet Do- Jonathan is. I really enjoy his character. He's just so compassionate and he's so sweet. But then he has this dirty engineer side. The first sex toy inventor. Oh, yeah. So there's the shocking toy and then there's the vibrator, which when he uses the vibrator on her with all of her other gentlemen, they're all like, does it hurt her? And he's like, no, look at her. She's clearly not in any pain. And we can talk about the invisible guy next. I love him and how he is like, dude, I can feel that in my balls. (laughs) It's amazing. That's right. He was fucking her and Jonathan, the doctor, went and uses the vibrator on top on her clit. And he was like, I can feel those vibrations all the way down my balls. That was really good. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the Invisible Man. So the Invisible Man's name is Ezra. Well, and I think it's worth noting that this book is based in London. So I read it with every everyone except her had an accent. I don't know why. Maybe that's just because I envisioned myself as her. So she didn't have an accent. Anyways, Dr. Underwood Jonathan is English and Ezra is Irish. 
So I imagined him having, in my brain, it kind of switched from Irish to Scottish, just because I both of those are just really incredibly sexy to me. So I was okay with that. <laughs> it didn't matter. I was like, this scene is going to be Scottish. This scene is Irish. Anyways, he has a curse placed upon him that makes him invisible. And through the book, he is helped with that curse. So that way, if he focuses he can make himself visible but the sexiest scenes are when he is invisible and the way that the author describes how he's fucking her and she can see herself wrap wrapping her legs around nothing and he's inside her and she can see herself yeah and he's like a big guy right yeah i mean he's not small by any means he's i envisioned him as a roguish irish man kind of like a street fighter yeah, that's how I envision him too. He'll be my Irish mafia boy. Yes. So we've talked about pet names in the past, and I love how he calls her Pusheen. Oh, yeah, he does. They all have the, a separate pet name for her, which is really fun too. Yes. But yeah, Pusheen. Is it? Is that how we say it? Pusheen? I, w I couldn't tell the whole time I read it. I think I said it differently in my mind every single time. Um, I think the author describes how it's said when he initially calls her that and so that's how i was reading it was pusheen or maybe i just it sounded like a kitty name and so i imagined that little cat meme pusheen and so that's how i was saying it what does it mean again i can't remember is it my little pussy cat i think it means cat pussy yeah cat? i think it means cat okay i think you're right but he stalks so her at the beginning right so he's not yes. a member of the manor and he stalks her and he creeps up on her in her bedroom without her knowing the first time that they end up having sex. Yeah, that was the scene that really indicated to me that she, this girl is horny 24-7. Uh, yes, because she was freaked out because someone basically attacks her in her room. But she's like, that's okay. You can fuck me. We can go ahead and do this. And then she even tells him after that, ooh, you should sneak up on me. That would be fun. That the consensual non-consensual aspect of that was so fucking hot the way because she knows this man she and she says you know i would be okay with me taking a stroll and you attack me and then we fuck because i know that it's you and i'm okay with that that was a really hot thrilling aspect all the sexiest scenes with him are the one the way the author describes her being fucked but there's no one there right like it's so visual like she can see herself yes being fucked but there's nothing there i love that i don't know why that was so hot it's a very visual component and they play a game that was the hottest game i've ever read it sticks with me out of all the books that i've read where all of the guys get her in a public room in this manner not all of them oh Ezra, yes. the invisible man so He's basically fucking her, but she can't move, right? She's on a couch in a room where everyone can walk through. It's a public room, right? And so he's fucking her. And he says, the next person that walks by, you have to make them come and finish you off. And so she's super nervous, right? Because she's all pent up and she's pinned on this couch and he's fucking her, but invisible. So no one knows that he's there, right? And she's just waiting and being casually edged along until someone comes and it ends up being another one of her guys booker the golem love 
Yes, I love him. And she was like, thank the fucking Lord. So she <laughs> like, comes and helps get her off really fast. But she was so nervous that it was going to be some random, either one of the Wait, other girls in the house. Was or, hers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was the freaking hottest game. I don't know why the suspense maybe of being like stuck there on display for whoever walks by the room. He's very creative in the way he tortures her. I, I think I like Ezra because they both come from a very similar background. They're not rich. I think he knows Esther more than she does. And he, and he plays upon, he knows that she likes to be watched. He knows that she's such a dirty girl. So I think when he comes up with these games with the other men, he knows how to really bring out her dirtiest fantasies that she doesn't even know she wants and so while she's nervous she's like this is fucking hot and you as the reader are like yes i really wanted it to be another gentleman so bad just so that way she could have 10 guys railing her right <laughs> some, some rando okay so what are we at we have jonathan and mr tanner so there's two we have ezra that's three who do you want to talk about next let's talk about let's talk about booker since we we brought him up all right so booker is a golem and he is made of marble or granite marble is it marble i think it's marble a stone but he's a formed creature by the madam who's a witch in the house besides the point he's basically created to be a servant he's not a person so he doesn't have any he's not his own individual self he's just created to help the ladies bring in shit like he's just created as a means of helping out around the house he's not a person but esther doesn't see it that way i almost liken it to kind of a, a pinocchio style where he, he he's a puppet and then he tur esther turns him into a real man yes. right she creates these emotions and feelings and self of thought in him yeah that's a really fun because he's so emotionless and just straightforward like when he starts touching her and he goes every morning i'm gonna do this and he starts fingering her with his like stone fingers every morning and she was okay yep every morning this is this is life now okay just a matter of fact i'm gonna be i'm gonna finger you every morning yeah and it didn't even start like that right he knew he had like boundaries but right. she is the one who was instigating i kind of want to see if i can fuck this guy right i wonder what it would feel like yes. to have a stone penis inside of me but she's the one who's very slowly edging him on and like getting him comfortable with the idea and so when the first time that they get any kind of action with each other he's buttoning her dress for a meeting and then ends up fingering her and she was like this is amazing and he's like i'll do this every morning I'm like every I morning i want to wake up to being fingered every morning i could do that <laughs> that's i wouldn't be sad about that if that's how i woke up and i love how the other guys um we can talk about is it august or is it augusta i can't because it's french so I, I i read it as august because i couldn't no, the, i read the it e as august as a guest okay it threw me off but i was like fuck it i'm not i'm not here to worry about names so but i love how the vampire august plays with esther and her fantasy of fucking booker and she, and he makes it happen he makes the fantasy a reality and i love how august teases booker or teases esther because of their relationship i do enjoy the character of booker just from a textural i guess component i don't know because he's stone and so 
she is also a lot more aggressive with him. So there's a scene where she's giving yes. him a blowjob and she ends up scraping her teeth against his stone penis. Using her teeth. I read that scene. I was like, oh, but for stone, I suppose that. And he loved it. He did love it. I was going to pee my pants when Ezra goes, if you try that on me, little girl, I will bend you over my knee and spank you so you can't sit for a week. I was Dude, I'm dying. I'm the shit out of you. Yeah, I laughed at that part, too. I thought that was great. But she can be so much more forceful and aggressive with him because he is stone, right? But it's also just a whole different component of temperature and texture yeah. and all kinds of different feelings. I love the the corruption aspect that Esther gives him because he's so innocent, right? He, I would say innocent in the, in the aspect of he doesn't do anything, right? He's made to obey and serve. And she corrupts him into this nasty little golem that fingers her in the morning and pinches her nipples as he bathes her and mm -hmm. and he's so and he does it when she at least expects it she thinks that he's just gonna do what he's told obediently and then he pinches her nipple or as he's dressing her he starts rubbing her clit and i love that mischievous side of him mixed with this innocent and how she ha has corrupted him into becoming more of a man yeah, I agree. He is kind of like a little innocent. I don't want to say like a little kid because that's creepy. But he's no. yeah, he's innocent <laughs> and he develops some mischievous attributes to him where he is very playful. I think Ezra is like the most playful in terms of he's always coming yes. up with the really creative, fun sex games and getting all of the guys together to orchestrate these sex games. Hey, dude, this book has a lot of sex games. I like the sex games. Um, let's talk about her vampire lover. Oh. I loved him. Yeah. So August or Auguste, we're going to call him August. August is really cool. They have an interesting relationship because he is in a prior relationship with Dr. Underwood slash Mr. Tanner for a very long time. I love that about them, how there was that bisexual moment between between those three characters. I loved that. As yeah. someone who's bisexual myself, I loved how she, and not, we'll go back more information about August, but I loved the scene where her, Esther, August, and uh, Jonathan wake up August in his coffin and all three of them start, well, it's initially just August and Jonathan fucking, and then she comes in and then all three of them are fucking. That was one of the, I loved, I loved that scene with the three of them. Yeah. And how Ezra teases Jonathan and August, but he's like, don't touch my ass. Don't. Don't do that. That I'm not into that. And August and Jonathan tease Ezra about that too. Yeah, he's really cool. So the vampire situation in this book, he can't go in the sunlight. He's only yes. during the night. So that does add a, like a level of complexity to the whole relationship because they're always waiting for him to wake up and spending the evenings right. with him. But other than that, there's not really any other vampire attributes other than the blood. Um, he needs to. Oh, he needs to feed. Um, so Esther, there is that sexy component of when him and Esther are fucking that she lets him feed on her neck or her thighs, and it does describe the pain mixed with pleasure in that situation. And I love how when he was human, he used to be a patissiere because I have a sweet tooth, and so for me, when he made that buffet for her on their first meeting, that was like the bell in the library moment. I was like, yeah, girl, get that, get that sweet beast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And she's so impatient. So he's the very first suitor she meets. And so her first date is where they go down and he has made this big meal for her. 
and he's feeding her and he really enjoys like watching her eat and the whole time she's basically like when are you gonna fuck me because that's what i want to do right that's now what I'm here for and he's like we have plenty of time and he's being so patient and slow with her and she's just frustrated and wants to get to the good part as quickly as possible and he just laughs at her the whole time he loves it, right? He thinks it's adorable, but she is just frustrated. I think, does he eat her out in the kitchen? I can't remember if he does or not. I don't think he eats her out in the kitchen. I think he feeds on her because in the book, it describes how your blood tastes better depending on what you eat and certain vampires want to feed you food. So I think that's what happened is he feeds her all these sweet foods and then she lets him feed on her. And then they start fucking in the kitchen and then they go upstairs into her room. Okay, that's right. I don't know why. Apparently I just getting fucked in a kitchen must be on my to-do list because I keep thinking that they did that. I love how Highly she recommend. asked him. Right? <laughs> the great, <laughs> I recommend. Put that on the to-do list. Check Especially that while you're off. while you're baking flour, powdered sugar everywhere. It's highly recommend no then you have to clean it up (laughs) i don't know Um, no the cleaning up with your tongue is the best part let me tell you and then (laughs) afterwards you have like the see all your handprints in the in the flour and the sugar it's fun clearly this is a a memory we're going down memory lane here (laughs) poor memory (laughs) memory got all of the details um i was laughing he's all of the characters have very witty commentary which i do enjoy a book with very witty commentary but there's one at one point it's probably i think it's in the first scene but she goes he does feed from her but he's more so taking tastes he's not drinking a ton of sustenance and so she asks him is does this feed you sustenance as well and he goes no it feeds my ego though and I was dying. Yes. He is really funny. And I love his pet name is Moncher. Uh-huh. At first I was like, what's Moncoer? How do we? And then I was like, oh, God, Jessica, you're so American. It's Moncher. <laughs> <laughs> you're, so... <laughs> you're so, oh, God. And that's when I knew I was like, I'm just going to call you August because I can't in my mind read it Auguste. So I'm just because I, I just can't do it. So you're August. And, but you his pet name is Moncher. And I love I love when he he uses his pet name for her. Yeah, they're all so sweet. All of her guys are so sweet. They are sweet. Moving on to the next guy. My favorite is Amon. Yep. Amon Ammon. How did you read it? Ammon, because I'm a white girl. I Ammon. was like Ammon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was intended to be Amon because he's it's so you can since he's your Egyptian. favorite you can describe what he he's my favorite and i initially i hated him so it was a hate to love relationship with amon because he's egyptian his monster is a sphinx and when you initially told me about this book you told me about his character and how he has a hooked penis and i'm sitting here and i'm like well how is that sexy if his penis is curved and you were like no jesse he is a <laughs> Don't cat understand. he has a hook on his penis and i oh oh well that doesn't sound pleasurable at all the whole point because i'm you know a vet tech so me thinking of a hooked penis that sounds painful no the way that the author describes his hooked penis and how it rubs on the inside of her vagina connecting to her clitoris and it's stuck there and it's sending waves of stimulation and 
orgasmic power through this and i love that scene the whole scene where she he is so pissed that he caught her with another man that is not approved by that with ezra who hasn't been approved he comes in and he sees her fucking another man and he thinks well, of she doesn't ezra as he doesn't see her oh no he can see ezra well, right because he is a sphinx even though ezra oh, is invisible right, he, he can, can see yes. like the aura of him right okay yeah, yeah yeah keep going sorry so when he catches her with ezra he is pissed so he needs to punish esther right and the two hour edging sex scene yes torture session of him edging esther and it, it, the whole house is describing her cries and screams of pleasure and frustration and two hours later she's dripping in sweat and just wants to come and he goes all right now you now you can come and that whole sex scene that was my favorite scene in the book that one was one of my favorite scenes of the book it, it wasn't my favorite but he does just tie her down to the table in a like a dining room area and yes. he doesn't even feed her first he even apologizes for it after he's like i probably should have fed you before i did that to you <laughs> but she is, two hour yeah session of sexual torture and she's crying because she it's painful like to be edged for even 30 minutes two painful hours but to be edged for two hours she was like crying covered in sweat and he has a tail right because he's a sphinx so he he's like a cat so he's like using his tail to torture her as well which is awesome and he though says too he was super frustrated by the end of it and needed to find some relief as well i love how he was dark-skinned and he had this black flowing silky hair and he has this authority you know this this aura of i am better than thou and because i'm the he is the oldest of her gentlemen he's he's been around for a very i mean he's a sphinx and it's very rare for them to be to exist and I love how he is so possessive of Esther. And then as the book continues, Esther goes, either you accept us as we are, which is all six of us, or you don't get me, period. And Amon has been waiting for her for so long. And he knows that it, Esther, like he is so bound to Esther that he refuses to give her up part of it being possessive and so he develops into this begrudgingly accepting guy and then he turns into such a sweetheart i know he does he turns into a big softy he invites all of them to live in his house and just be one big happily consort family type situation this is why i like reverse harem so much i like the idea of one woman and so much attention right i love the focus maybe that's just because i'm a greedy person but i love the focus hey i wouldn't complain either you know at one point they talk about she's like am i just supposed to lay here and be doted and pleasured by all of you guys and they go like it's a hardship for us to be touching you yes that's your job right. pretty much just lay there and let us make you extremely happy love how they're always asking her, are you tired yet? And she's like, nope, let's go again. Nope. 
and she's like sweating and sore and she goes no i can keep i can keep going what 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 kind of question was that oh so in the scene where finally all five of them are in the same building they're all fucking her and she is in the room with amon as he and he's waiting for her to be fucked by everybody else and then he has him for himself and she when he finally starts fucking her he she asks him well does this make you jealous because he is a jealous previously he was very jealous very possessive he didn't want to share her and so finally after he watches all of the other men have their way with her and he can finally have his turn she asks him are you jealous and he goes no i'm not jealous a queen should have her consorts i loved that um, i know he... i was like yes the queen should she needs all of her fuck boys at her ready and and his, I like his pet name, my star. Ah, uh, yes, that is his pet name for her. I can't remember Mr. Tanner's nickname for her is little girl. Little, yes, little girl. Booker just calls her Esther, right? Uh, yeah, he doesn't have a, a nickname for her. Yeah, I don't think he does. But I mean, he doesn't. You know, he's developing as a human, right. so he's, he's a golem. Right. The, the so nicknames we... might be a little over his head. But yeah, Amon is really a good character. He's not my favorite of the guys, though. So if you had to choose your favorite guy, if you could only have one, who would you bring home? Ooh, that's um, that's a tough one. Hmm, let me see. If I had to choose one. I like the idea. I, I really do like Amon because he just devotes and is so like he dotes on Esther so much. And you know that you would want for nothing with him, right? It would, it would just, you would be spoiled rotten and you would, your pleasure would be so intense with Amon. Yeah. So I like, I like him for that, but I also really like Jonathan and Mr. Tanner because then you get two guys. That's true. You get two for the price of one. (laughs) There. Right. (laughs) Best value Um. for you. I really thing. like the thrilling aspect of Ezra, and I love how cheeky he is. He's such a cheeky character. Yeah, if I had to choose one, it would be Ezra for sure. Obviously, the whole Irish thing is super hot, the voice component. Yes. But yes, everything would be so surprising. because He's also so fun, and he always has something interesting to say or do or plays the games. He's super playful, but... The surprising aspect, like always being like, there's a dick in me. I didn't even know that was there because I can't see you. I like right. Or just walking along and then you get grabbed. But knowing, you know, knowing the feeling of your lover's hands. And so it's safe and it's it's OK. I, I like that. I, I do think that I would still go for Amon, though, which is surprising because I don't like my possessive men. I've talked about that, but I like how he has changed. Yeah, we flipped roles here. Right. <laughs> Usually I'm the one who wants the brooding dickhead um but in this case i want the silly cutie invisible guy this book was just fun like all the sex it was was a good read all the characters are interesting she describes each each of their components really well where you're like hmm maybe i should go buy a glass dildo and get my booker in right like (laughs) right I'm trying to think if I have a favorite sex scene. My favorite sex scene in this whole book has to be that game where she's sitting there splayed out on that couch, all worried about if someone is going to walk by and she's basically being tortured. That, that I think that's my favorite sex scene. It's super playful. 
it's completely unexpected they get together and kind of camaraderie orchestrate this I think that's where it really starts is all five of them really or at least the three really starting to you know scheme together yeah band together and I I love how this book is very lighthearted, but there are some, there's still some drama in it. And I enjoyed how they all, like, it, you get a happily ever after. The book is very fun to read. It's a fun read. Fun and sexy, steamy read. Yes, I agree. It's fun and sexy. It's got a ton of freaking sex in it, which is great. It's a I, lot it's of serious, sex. Yeah. It's like every single chapter there's. It is back to back. There's yeah, if not every chapter, multiple times in one chapter. Yeah. I mean it's not taking you very long to get through this book. It's not a difficult read by no. any means. No. But it's a fun one. And I think what I really like is how all all her monsters are except for Jonathan. All her monsters one, well, Ezra two, I suppose. They're older than her, so they and they've had to wait for her. So they're all patient. And she is the most impatient character. She's horny. She's ready all the time. And her monsters torture her mostly by making her wait. Like she's like, give me the give me the D. I want the D right now. And they laugh at her and say, you can wait. Be a good girl and wait. Be patient. And they most of the torture for her is not being satisfied immediately. Yeah. Exactly. She is a very impatient girl. But now she's got five guys that she can get it from all the time. She's a woman who has fine taste and knows what she wants. (laughs) Seriously. I want what she has. (laughs) Sign me up. Yes. Yes. I'll be a a lady of the evening (laughs) for monsters. And I like... A manor lady. Uh, I like how the author also describes other um, monsters in the book. How not necessarily that are Esther's gentlemen, but the other monsters that exist in this world. And I'm I'm curious about the other, uh, the one with the the black scales and the wings. I was like, yes, I want a dragon. I want. I don't know what he's about. I want more information about him. But she just describes him very briefly and moves on. So hopefully. I, uh, I think the third book comes out soon. Yeah. If, I think in yeah, soon. Definitely read the second if you're interested in the other monsters. The second book is a theater of fiends and it brings oh, in. Oh, it's talking about the trope of the theater group. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the theater group, but it brings in monsters that she describes in this book too again it's a standalone so you don't have to have read the first one but she does intertwine a little bit of the storyline from the first book in the second book and she describes it really well so you don't have to have read the first book but if you want to explore more of these monsters theater of fiends is also a fabulous read and i'm in it has like the same amount of sex the same amount of descriptions it actually might have a little bit more creativity in the sex scenes so because it's a theater right like the right well and that was such a fun scene too where esther goes if i go to japan i might never come back because she likes that tentacle scene oh yeah and i laughed I, i laughed at that where um it it even goes with the Japanese and the tentacle monster. 
and I laughed at that because that's such a a funny Japanese. And it's, uh, I know you when when I first read it, I I don't watch anime or I there's a lot of stuff that you content that you take in that I don't. And so this right. Japanese tentacle sex creature thing, <laughs> I'm talking to my husband about this tentacle porn. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's totally common. That's like real run on the mill. I was like, what? This is the first time I have ever heard of apparently a fascination with getting fucked by the tentacles of this octopus type situation creature. And I I couldn't even wrap my head around it when I was reading it. (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, that's totally, you know, all over the place. You never heard of that? And I was like, no never heard of that and i'm the one over here reading small books all day so i was gonna say it's a very common theme in uh japanese culture i i mean i don't want to say like culture but it's a very it's very heavily referenced of tentacle porn if i recall correctly uh the first like tentacle porn was back in uh like samurai depiction where people were drawing mangas of girls getting fucked by tentacles so it's it is not a new thing it has been around for a long time yeah i and i love it that was under my smut rock that i hadn't turned over yet (laughs) i've been informed i now know so what would we rate the spiciness of this book so again a one chili pepper spice is going to be something you would recommend to your mom. There's not a whole lot of sex in it. It's not very detailed. It could wait till the end. It could be kind of a slow burn. The number five would be where there's a ton of very detailed, very creative sex. And it's got you worked up like the whole book. Honestly. Very kinky. Very kinky. Yeah. I would actually rate this book a four and a uh, four to four and a half i would say there's a ton of sex four. in it i do really love the amount of sex in it especially if you're looking for a book that you're like listen i don't really need a whole plot line right now i just kind of want to get off on yes. this i would for sure go with this one there's the games are really creative but there isn't a whole lot of kink in it necessarily right and and the kink that is described, the dom sub, it is very mild. It's not whereas I feel in our last episode we talked about um, you know, the the butt play and uh the consensual, non-consensual. I feel like that one definitely warranted a four point five, whereas this one is more mild. Yes, there's a lot more sex in this book, but I feel the overall tone of the book is a lot lighter. So I would agree with the four. Yeah. Yeah. Still spicy, still very spicy, but I just don't think it's it warrants the five. Yeah. There I never really read anything where I was like, oh shit, like that's fucking crazy. It was very yeah. tame. I mean it I mean it's not tame. It's not a tame book. So it's not real by any guys. means. No, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone for joining us this episode. It was tons of fun talking about all of our reverse harem monsters and choosing our favorite ones go find us on all of the social media we are on tiktok we are on instagram we're very poorly on reddit i'm working on that thank you again for listening we appreciate everyone 
please give us a comment, share with your friends, come find us on TikTok. That way we can get our thousand followers and we can do some smutty hour lives. That is going to be a goal of ours. And we need all of your help to get all the followers in order for us to do those lives and have this conversation real time with you guys. So please go follow us. And we can't check us out. Wait to talk to you guys next week about our mafia kings. Yes. Thank you guys again. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for some indecent time. Come back for more naughty tea.